Well, right now we are optimizing for a cost per acquisition uh, in the high 20s, let's say $27, $28. And the, the trial conversion rate is about 60%. So they have a they have a pretty good understanding of the maximum customer acquisition cost right now. Sorry, 20% convert to paid? No, about 60%. Oh, 60% convert to paid. Okay, got it. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Paris Childress. Since 2009, he's founded and run Hop Online, which has pivoted in recent years to focus entirely on SaaS growth marketing. Services include SEO, content marketing, paid search, paid social, CRO, data analytics, and creative. Paris, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's do it. I never have services people on my show. How the heck did you get me to agree to have you on? I don't know how I squeaked in, Nathan. I figured I wasn't going to raise any alarm bells, but yeah, we're an agency. It's because you buy. It's because you buy the magazine. You buy the data. You buy all my stuff. So I said I got to have Paris on. Right. That's how it works. That's probably what happened. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Here's what I'm going to try and do today. Instead of focusing only on your business model, I'm going to try and dig into a case study or two where you work with a B2B SaaS company, so that our listeners can take some of those things away for free and maybe execute them. Sound good? Yeah. Perfect. All right. So now, why are you qualified to help SaaS businesses do this? Did you have your own SaaS company that you grew and sold, or what got you into SaaS? Well, we uh, no, I did not have a SaaS business before this, but we have worked with SaaS companies for years. And through that experience, we've really learned a lot about the metrics that the marketing metrics that really drive these valuations and outcomes for SaaS. So, what really helped us determine that we wanted to focus only on SaaS was the success of some of our current clients and the realization. Can you name? Can you name one or two of those? Sure. Uh, Output.com okay. is one of, our, one of our largest SaaS customers. They recently raised $45 million from Summit Partners about a month and a half ago. And help me understand, this is they're, they're developing innovating software and gear for musicians, composers, and producers. Now, what percent of the revenue is true software versus margin on a hardware sale? Right now, I'd say probably 70% of their revenue is SaaS. Oh, great. Okay, so are you when they hire you, are you focused exclusively on the SaaS side or do you focus on the gear sales side as well? On both. When we started working with Output.com, they were only traditional software. And we, were, they, we helped them pivot and launch their SaaS product about 18 months ago. And 
basically got them from zero to 100,000 customers in about 16 months. Okay, so let, let's. this is a fascinating story. So let's break this down. So they engaged with you 18 months ago. They had no SaaS product at the time. They launched SaaS with you 18 months ago? Correct. And they passed 100,000 paying subscribers, musicians on that SaaS product now today? Yes. Okay, so how did they do that? How did you get the first 100 customers? Well, the first 100 customers was through paid search. And... We we max we thought we had maximized paid search, but then we got into Facebook and into YouTube, and there was some breakthrough moments. Um, one was switching to data driven attribution, which really unlocked the value of YouTube, and the other was uh, Facebook ads, basically leveraging all the great creative content that they were producing to drive acquisition through Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, in a month, what will they spend on paid through you? High six figures. Okay. And about how many keywords are you covering? Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Okay. So let's talk about the first hundred grand in spend. How did you decide which keywords to go target? The first keywords are the branded and competitor terms. Because this is a product that's a new category. It's basically a, a loop synthesizer. So people aren't really looking for this. So we went after competitors' terms, platforms that are selling loops and samples that musicians use to make music. And we wanted to basically catch that adjacent search intent. After that, we we started going after other types of keywords that had slightly less intent, but we were just moving further away from the, the bullseye, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we continue to do, to do this even now, building out more and more keywords around the digital audio workstations and other popular brands that music producers are familiar with so that we know we have the audience. So how do you work through economics? So I'm looking at the top search terms. There was almost none a year ago, call it 100. Today, I mean, you're ranking you know, in terms of Ahrefs and what they see for over 5,500 keywords. And I'm sure when you do all the adjacent categories, it probably gets up to hundreds of thousands. But your most popular ones are Studio Desk, right? And the second one is Output Arcade. And when I go to Arcade product on Output, it says $10 a month, 30 days free. It looks like this is the digital product that's driving most of their revenue. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, so let's now, because you can't talk too much about them because I'm sure you have NDAs, but let's just talk about a SaaS product like Arcade, charging $10 per month. What sort of unit economics are you looking for as you spend your first $10,000, $100,000 in ads? Well, right now we are optimizing for a cost per acquisition uh, in the high 20s, let's say $27, $28. And the, the trial conversion rate is about 60%. So they have, a, they have a pretty good understanding of the maximum customer acquisition cost right now. Sorry, 20% convert to paid? No, about 60%. Oh, 60% convert to paid. Okay, got it. So just to be clear there, you, you, can, you, can, go spend, uh, you can go spend, let's just say to get 100, 100 clicks, right? You can go spend $2,800, $28 cost per click. And then what you're saying is to get those 100 clicks, uh, how many of them will actually sign up for the free trial version of Arcade? Oh, the conversion rates are about between five to seven percent from click okay so of a hundred clicks let's say let's give you benefit of that seven of let's just do ten ten of them convert to a paid account or sorry a tr- the 30-day trial 
and 60%. So six of them convert to a new $10 a month account. So $68 a month or $60 a month in revenue, something like that. Yes. So how, with all that funnel built out, how do you back into a, effectively a $30 cost per click as being effective? Because a 30, it's not $30 cost per click, it's cost per acquisition. It's cost per free trial. Oh, I think it's in CPC. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I meant CPA, cost per acquisition, which is in our definition, that's a free trial. I see. Okay, got it. So if, let me take that math back then. If you spend $3,000 right? So it's, it's $28 cost per trial times 100, right? You're getting 100 new trials for about three grand. Of those 100 trials, 60 of them will convert to a $10 a month plan or about $600 a month in revenue. So your effective payback there is between three and four months. That's correct. People stick that long? They stick much longer. What we see is that the cohorts, once people make that first payment, there's about 60% of that starting cohort that will stick for many, many months. So there's a big drop-off in the first few months. So the cohort sheds about 30%, and then it and then it flattens out, and then it, lifetime value from that point on is very steady. Got it. So you lose, you have about 30% churn in the, in the first six months, but then after that, it really flattens out, and they stick for a very long period of time. Right, right. So we get to the most loyal cohort after four to five months after mm-hmm. they start the the first payment mm-hmm. super effective so so let's take a step back now when they go out and obviously raise a bunch of capital right 45 million is not a small number how much of that deck says just look our paid spend math makes sense we're gonna plow a bunch of this stuff into paid spend i think most of it is relying on that on that logic we were brought into the investor due diligence process and we had to answer these types of questions Mm-hmm. What is a question that an investor asked you that I haven't asked you yet? The investor asks, you're doing, uh, so right now we're doing a thousand new trials a day. Mm-hmm. What would it take to make that 3000 or 5,000? And could you preserve the unit economics if we wanted to triple this? Mm-hmm. And how do you answer and that? How? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> um, we can because we still felt like there were certain ways that we could continue optimizing. We hadn't exploited international expansion to the fullest degree possible. There are some analytics um, solutions as well that we haven't implemented where we think we can improve and eliminate a lot of wasted spend. Mm-hmm. And the product itself will evolve. So right now the product is really geared towards professional music makers. And I believe that the founders and the team's vision is to move downstream and eventually make this tool accessible to uh, hobbyists and even people that are brand new to making music. So it's right now, it's basically like the Adobe of music making. But in the future, it could be the Instagram. of. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, then our addressable audience gets massive. This is a mistake. Like Monday went through this exact thing. They were killing it with keywords early on. I had Roy on. It was called Depulse back then. They were just plowing money to paid spend. And they had to keep inventing new channels, right? To you know, to define the same economics. And ultimately, with unlimited money, the economics will get worse because you're plowing more money. And the question is, how long until they get worse? And the way you can measure that is things like you know, your current volume on some of your top five keywords, like output arcade, there's only twelve thousand searches a month for that. So if you assume you get 100% of those clicks, which is, again, rare, but assume you get 100% of all this, you you know, at some point, you can't spend more money in the channels. So how do you balance that? How do you say, 
we're willing to spend this much in this channel. And then the second question is you have to be super creative to go find new channels. That's really the magic, right? Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. I think one untapped territory for us is programmatic. And a lot of that is display advertising. We haven't gone there yet. And I think that's the next frontier. Tell me what that would look like for output. Um, that would unlock advertising inventories that are way beyond the Google Display Network and YouTube and Facebook. And as an agency, we haven't really developed that as a service yet, so we're, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there's massively more inventory, ad inventory out there for us to reach people that would like to use their tool to make music. Um, and we need to do that through programmatic. How effective is advertising at our, for the software product at Output Arcade? Because you have an email list from people that have bought their studio gear, their instruments, their effects products, their speakers. How are we able to use the hardware sale email list and customer list to drive better economics on the software sale paid ads? Um, there's a close relationship between the, soft, the perpetual software and the hardware. But their customer base was only maybe... 15, 20,000 before they went SaaS. So this got us started, but it wasn't really, at some point we had already cross-sold to all of the, the current customers. So what do you think comes first? Like if, as, if Output grows to a $10 billion company, will it be the software sale is the first sale and you upsell hardware after that? Or will it be hardware is the first purchase and you're upselling software? I think the first purchase will be SaaS and eventually the software will go away. You'll make the software this, free eventually. Possibly. Or the, the software will just be a very, very small piece of it. Um, the, the people who are buying the software are really the most professional music makers. So this, this is relatively expensive software. But a nine, $9.99... You said it's expensive or inexpensive? Uh, it's pretty expensive. It's I 10 mean, bucks a month, you, right? That's the subscription for the, for the SaaS product. I thought you were referring to the... The perpetual software, the e-commerce software. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm talking about Ar- arcade. Like, do you think arcade okay. will be the starting point that new musicians learn about output, or will it be they go buy a desk, or sorry, a, a music stand, and then in the box where you deliver the music stand, there's a there's a little piece of paper that says you should check out our ten dollar a month arcade product. Oh, it's it's definitely going to be software. That's the entry point. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hardware business is really a very niche business for them. They have a they have a desk and they have speakers, um, but this is the ninety nine percent of the value of this company is in the SaaS the SaaS model. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, did they share what valuation was on the raise? Um, I believe no. I don't think they did that. But they raised forty five million, and and the the owner still maintained a majority. So you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually in a round like that, especially if it's their first round of financing, they're going to sell somewhere between like 10 and 25% of the company probably, which you can sort of them back into evaluation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we this is public. I mean, over 100,000 subscribers, right at 10 bucks a month means the software is doing over a million dollars per month by itself. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, so what do you think that can grow to using like how they whatever they pay you for it? Like, what do you think just from them using you, you can help drive them that revenue too? I, I believe getting three times bigger is is possible within one or two years. Interesting. If, if and what's your model? We, 
Oh, we, uh, well, we are right now just charging them a percentage of ad spend, basically. Is it under 10%? Yes, it is. Got it. When, with a new customer, if they hear you today and go, I want Paris to work on my company, would you let them use you at under 10%? Maybe not at the beginning, but as it scales, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 10% of a million per month is a big number, but you know, you could probably get away with only taking 2% there as you scale, which, which is nice. Um, super interesting. L- last question here before we wrap up, Paris, this is fascinating stuff. How do you go about finding new channels? Right? Do you get into sponsoring musicians' YouTube channels or podcasts or magazines or billboards? Like, how do you think about that? Yeah, um, this is our biggest challenge right now. Uh, one thing that we did recently is we went and found a partner in China who can help us get into China. That unlocks Baidu and uh, WeChat. The, and then there's another one. Um, so finding international partners, starting with China, that's a big one. Um, I mentioned programmatic. And then on the analytical side, I think there are ways that we can move. This might get a little technical, but we'd like to move from what's called target CPA bidding to target ROAS bidding. So we want to train the algorithms to bid for a return on ad spend like an e-commerce product as opposed to bidding on a target cost per acquisition for a new user. Because then we can control we, we can control much more uh, or we can eliminate a lot of the wasted spend that we're paying right now for users that will churn during the trial. Mm-hmm. Yep. Paris, this is good stuff, man. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, favorite, favorite business book, I would say Longevity, David Sinclair. Sure. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um. I'd say it's Greg Lehrman. He's the output CEO. Number uh, three, what's your favorite online tool for building uh, Hopin? Favorite tool would be right now Pipedrive. Sorry, I meant hop, hop online. Hopin's also top of my mind because we just did a story on them, but Pipedrive. All right. Yeah, <laughs> no, but yeah interesting story there. Uh, number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Eight. And situation, married, single kids? Married and one kid. Very cool. Oh, great. And how old are you? 43. Paris, take us home here. What's something wishing you and you were? Uh, I think I wish I would have gotten started with my agency much sooner. And I don't know if I could have done that at 20, but I probably could have started it in my 20s instead of in my 30s. So I could have, I could have picked up an extra 10 years maybe. Guys, there you have it. Hop Online helps B2B SaaS brands scale their business. Their most recent customer, Output.com, been working on them for about 18 months. They're now driving over 1,000 new trials per day, of which 60% convert to paid. They've scaled that ad spend up for that company to over six figures per month, and it's been so effective. They just did a major round of funding, $45 million from Summit to help drive extra growth. Paris, thanks for letting us get in your head, man. Thanks for getting us up. You bet. Thank you too, Nathan.